Neural section 1, 5 of 16, cerebral blood flow. There is a lot to take in on this page, but all of it is important. Take your time and refer to it often. Maybe print several of their corresponding workbook pages to test yourself. Cerebral blood flow. We can define cerebral autoregulation as the brain's ability to maintain a constant cerebral blood flow over a wide range of mean arterial blood pressure. The benefit of this process is that it ensures that the brain has a steady supply of oxygen and substrates in the face of blood pressure fluctuations that accompany everyday life. Cerebral blood flow is equal to cerebral perfusion pressure over cerebral vascular resistance. Global, 45 to 55 ml per 100 grams of tissue per minute or 15% of cardiac output. Cortical, 75 to 80 ml per 100 grams of brain tissue per minute. Subcortical, 20 ml per 100 grams of brain tissue per minute. Critical threshold, cerebral blood flow of 20 ml per 100 grams of brain tissue per minute is evident of ischemia. Cerebral blood flow of 15 ml per 100 grams of tissue per minute is complete cortical suppression. And cerebral blood flow of less than 15 ml per 100 grams of brain tissue per minute, membrane failure and cell death. There are five determinants of cerebral blood flow, the cerebral metabolic rate of oxygen, the cerebral perfusion pressure, the venous pressure, the PaCO2, and the PaO2. The cerebral metabolic rate for oxygen, CMRO2, is equal to 3.0 to 3.8 ml of oxygen per 100 grams of brain tissue per minute. Cerebral blood flow is coupled to CMRO2. The higher the need for oxygen, the more blood flow there will be to satisfy this need. Breakdown of oxygen utilization. 60% is used for electrical activity and 40% is used for cellular integrity. So even if the brain is electrically silenced, it, is still, it still has to consume oxygen to support cellular integrity. Decreasing CMRO2. CMRO2 decreases by 7% for every 1 degree Celsius. Decrease in temperature. EEG suppression occurs at 18 to 20 degrees Celsius. CMRO2 is decreased by hypothermia, halogenated anesthetics, propofol, etomidate, and barbiturates. We can improve outcomes in the patient who suffers anoxic brain injury by reducing CMRO2. Indeed, Patients have an improved neurologic outcome following resuscitation from out-of-the-hospital ventricular fibrillation when they are treated with mild hypothermia, 32 to 34 degrees Celsius for 12 to 24 hours after hospital admission. Increasing CMRO2. CMRO2 is increased by hyperthermia, seizures, ketamine, and nitrous oxide. Hypo hyperthermia beyond 42 degrees Celsius denatures proteins and destroys neurons. At this point, cerebral blood flow decreases. Cerebral perfusion pressure. Classic doctrine suggests that the brain autoregulates cerebral blood flow between a cerebral perfusion pressure of 50 to 150 mmHg or MAP of 60 to 160 mmHg. The plateau on the curve represents this. Cerebral perfusion pressure is equal to MAP minus ICP or CVP, whichever is higher. Below the lower limit of autoregulation, the left of the plateau, the cerebral vessels are maximally dilated. Cerebral perfusion pressure becomes dependent on mean arterial pressure, and the brain is at risk of hypoperfusion and ischemia. 
Above the upper limit of autoregulation right of the plateau, the cerebral vessels are maximally constricted. Again, cerebral perfusion becomes dependent on mean arterial pressure, but this time the brain is at risk for cerebral edema and hemorrhage. Cerebral autoregulation is mediated by products of local metabolism, myogenic mechanisms, and autonomic innervations. Cerebral perfusion pressure less than 50. Vessels consequences are vessels are maximally dilated, cerebral blood flow becomes pressure dependent, a risk of cerebral hypoperfusion. 50 to 150, that is the range of autoregulation, cerebral blood flow is constant over a range of pressure. Greater than 150, cerebral perfusion pressure greater than 150, vessels are maximally constricted, cerebral blood flow becomes pressure dependent, risk of cerebral edema and hemorrhage. Notice that this graph shows cerebral perfusion pressure and not mean arterial pressure. If you see a graph like this on your exam, pay close attention to the label on the x-axis. To ensure a CPP of 50 mmHg, MAP must be 55 to 65 mmHg if ICP is in the normal range of 5 to 15 mmHg. If ICP is elevated, cerebral perfusion requires a higher mean arterial pressure. In reality, there is a good degree of patient-to-patient -patient variability, so we must not blindly assume that a minimum threshold for CPP or MAP ensures an adequate CPP in all patients. When autoregulation is impaired, CPP becomes dependent on blood pressure. Autoregulation is abolished by intracranial tumor, head trauma, volatile anesthetics. The textbooks will tell you that chronic hypertension shifts the entire curve to the right. The brain becomes more tolerant of hypertension, but it also becomes less tolerant of hypotension. In reality, the plateau of the curve narrows and cerebral blood flow becomes more closely dependent on CPP. Furthermore, you can expect a high degree, degree of patient-to-patient -patient variability. Venous pressure Venous, a high venous pressure decreases cerebral venous drainage and increases cerebral volume. This creates a back pressure to the brain that reduces the arterial venous pressure gradient MAP minus CVP. Conditions that impair venous drainage include jugular compression secondary to improper head positioning, increased intrathoracic pressure secondary to cuffing or peep, vena cava thrombosis, vena cava syndrome. PACO2 there is a linear relationship between PaCO2 and cerebral blood flow. The pH of the CSF around the arterioles controls cerebral vascular resistance. At a PaCO2 of 40 mmHg, cerebral blood flow is 50 ml per 100 grams of brain tissue per minute. For every 1 mmHg increase in PaCO2, cerebral blood flow will increase by 1 to 2 ml per 100 grams of brain tissue per minute. For every 1 mmHg decrease in PaCO2, cerebral blood flow will decrease by 1 to 2 ml per 100 grams of brain tissue per minute. Maximal vasodilation occurs at a PaCO2 of 80 to 100 mmHg. Maximal vasoconstriction occurs at a PaCO2 of 25 mmHg. Respiratory acidosis increases cerebral blood flow. Respiratory alkalosis decreases cerebral blood flow. Metabolic acidosis does not affect the cerebral blood flow. This is because hydrogen ion does not pass through the blood-brain barrier. PaO2 below 50 to 60 mmHg causes cerebral vasodilation and increases cerebral blood flow. When PaO2 is above 60 mmHg, it does not affect cerebral blood flow.